It's the last episode of the year. Yes, I'm eating because I've been going at it nonstop all day. What is hopping? What is popping? Hopping, hopping, hopping. Hopping, popping, popping and locking, dropping. Hashtag bars. It is another edition of Streamer Season, the exclusive streaming platform, TV and movie podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Dylan's out sick this week. We'll see him next year, um, literally. We eliminated him. Uh, but it's KB and... Legend has it, Christian Wisniewski, back at it again for the final episode of 2022. Last week, we did our nerd report cards, which was a ton of fun. Go check that episode out. Uh, A lot of fun banter about the nerd franchises and shocking winner of who who passed with flying colors. Not really if you pay attention to the nerds, but uh, go check that out for sure. Uh, but we're going to do our most anticipated streaming projects of 2023. And I'll have my most anticipated movies as well. We're going to do a 2022 recap, crown the number one project of the pod uh, for 2022. We're going to give our you know, best actor, best actress, or like 2022 was their year type situation. Then, of course, we'll get into the streaming platform, Multiverse News and Notes. Uh, but before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at streamer S Z N Twitter, Instagram, follow Christian on Twitter at, uh, the whiz. The I always want to mix up whiz and PHI, uh, but it is at the whiz underscore PHI. You can follow me at KBIZZL three one one subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. And, uh, in lieu of Dylan, Make sure you guys leave those recommendations in the podcast reviews. It really helps. You know, it gets the the conversation going. It gives us, you know, more things to add to our watch lists. And uh, it helps more people find the pod because you're subscribing and leaving reviews. Follow us on Letterboxd. Just search Streamer SZN. And, uh, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. That's where you get full video episodes of Streamer Season, original content, and, uh, you know, a whole bunch of fun shenanigans going on, on the YouTube channel. So go subscribe. We're 334 subscribers right now. Trying to get to 350 in the next two days. Let's see if we can make it happen. 16 more of you people. Go subscribe. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Smash that like button. Ring the bell icon. Comment down below your most anticipated streaming projects of 2023. Your favorite shows and movies from 2022. And, uh... Make sure you guys go get your merch. PHI Apparel Company is the place to be to get your merch. It's the home of official streamer season first edition merch. Uh, 
it's the most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing here at Underground Sports. Go get your merch. There's no doubt you're going to stand out when you're going to the movie theater, when you're going you know, to a friend's house to, to do a watch party for your favorite shows and movies, when you're rocking your streamer season merch. You guys can use code UNDERGROUND when you go to phiapparel.co any time of year, any time of day. But right now, Christian, through the end of the year, you guys can use code 2022 on your streamer season merch and get 25% off your merch. That's code 2022 through the end of the year for 25% off your merch at phiapparel.co. Get your streamer season merch with that code. It really helps support us, and uh, you're going to be styling and profiling going into 2023 with streamer season merch. Let's get into it, though, Christian. Our most anticipated streaming projects of 2023. You blogged your 2022 version, and pretty much every single one was a banger. Um, so I'm sure 2023 is going to be even more incredible. And we were talking before we started recording. Your 2023 looks like the year of Apple TV. Yes, because Apple TV is slowly built out this profile, whether it, whether it be Ted Lasso, For All Mankind, and all these other great shows. And they started to get into movies when they bought Coda from Sundance, which eventually won Best Picture last year. And so Apple slowly built out this catalog, and now they're dumping all that big Apple money into the movies. And oh boy, we got some doozies coming up this year. And then... uh, Aside from Apple, uh, as of now, it almost looks like a down year for HBO. But that's because HBO is in a state where it's like, we don't know what's going on with all this stuff. And it's like, yes, we know The Last of Us is coming. Yes, we know Succession's coming. But in terms of other shows, we don't know what what new is coming and plus Barry already had a season last year and all the other big shows had seasons last year. So it's a question of is one of them going to sneak in towards the end of this year or what towards the end of 2023. So it's just a question of, we know what's coming in the first half, but we have no clue what's coming in the back end. And I'm not trying to take They had us in the first half. I ain't going to (laughs) lie. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but even, even even then, that first app is fixing to be really good. Yeah, there's a lot coming across the board. Um, we have our lists. My list is kind of a, a mix of HBO, uh, Disney+, Plus, Netflix. Christian's got Apple TV on lock. Um, so obviously, this these are our lists. If you guys have your list, comment them down below, because then that also gives us things to add to our watch list, and we'll talk about them on the show. Um, I also have something from Hulu on my list, which we've never done a Hulu show or movie on the pod that is still untouched. Um, but Christian, I'll let you start. Let's let's get into your most anticipated streaming projects of 2023. Well, I, I'm I'm first going to say two honorable mentions, and I say these because they're either coming out at the end of this year or the start of next year. And the last time we did this list, I got burned with a few that were like The Killer, which will be on later this list, and Havoc. It's like these films didn't come out this year, so 
these are two series. One of them is The Boys Season 4, which will, either, which, which, which will come out sometime next winter. Are we talking February? Are we talking December? It's unclear. But The Boys Season 4, yes. And then Netflix's live-action Avatar The Last Airbender. Rumors has it it's coming out towards the end of this year, but we can't be certain... So, my list this year has more so been me hedging on stuff that I know is coming out and placing all these hard stabs. So, those are my honorable mentions. Kyle, do you have any honorable mentions? Um, Mine's an honorable mention just because it's coming to streaming for the first time mm-hmm. in 2023. It was a theater release first, but I, it's a movie that I want to watch again. Uh, it's Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that's a movie that deserves multiple watches to kind of just like take in everything that happens. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to being able to watch that, you know, at will. Um, and then another honorable mention, just because there's just buzz about it happening. And obviously you guys know, if you listen to this podcast, I never watch game of Thrones, uh, but I did watch House of the Dragon. Uh, if you want to get all the, the deliciousness of my first Game of Thrones universe, dive in, go watch those recap episodes. Um, the Jon Snow project is allegedly happening this year. Is kind of like the in-between House of the Dragon years. They're, they're doing other streaming projects. I also stumbled upon that George R. R. Martin has one of his books being adapted by Netflix, The Sand Kings. Um, so I don't know how much attention he's paying to Jon Snow or not. I don't know if that show's happening in 2023 or not. It's rumored to be happening. Just don't know when. So I'll add that on the, uh, honorable mentions as well. All right. So my number 10, I technically cheated and have it and had it as a tie. Cause I want to talk about both of these things. Uh, so my number 10s are. Net, net, uh, A- Apple TV's Napoleon film and Netflix's a- a- adaptation of the three-body problem. So, to start with uh, Apple TV's, let's start with Apple TV's Napoleon. It's a film about Napoleon. It's directed. Oui, oui. It's directed by the great Ridley Scott. It stars Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon. It also has Vanessa Kirby as his love interest. Need need I say more? Need I say more? I like it. I like it. And then the three-body problem. And so the three-body problem is... It's kind of a strange thing to to describe. So it's based on an iconic sci-fi novel by a Chinese writer. And it's and the cast in the cast the cast includes Isaac Gonzalez, Benedict Wong, and a bunch of other people. But it's basically about this physicist and that and uh, this nanomaterial researcher being sucked up into this conspiracy that also involves a VR video game and a bunch of stuff and, and and so it's a really really big swing by Netflix by adapting this 
kind of piece of Harvey-ish science fiction that I'm really interested in to see how it goes because it could be really good or it could be disappointing. And I'm just like, I I just need more more sci-fi shows because there's stuff like uh, uh, there's there's obviously like the the expanse and for all mankind and then there's this, and then on the other end of the spectrum there's stuff like devs which was the great alex garland's uh show on who i forget I so. that that's like a very hard type of sci-fi think piece sh- show so this this show leans more towards the latter and i'll be interested to see if it can stick because it's a netflix show very true. And Netflix, as you all know, if you listen to this podcast, needs that push of original, like, good content. Um, so we'll see if they can uh, make that happen for sure. I'll go to my number 10. Uh, it's a fun one. Um, I still haven't seen season one, just simply because we recently got Hulu and I just have to log into our account onto uh, our new TV that we got. Um, but my sister, one of her favorite shows is How I Met Your Mother. She said How I Met Your Father is just as good. And I love Hillary Duff. How I Met Your Father is getting a season two. So I'm excited to sit down and watch uh, How I Met Your Father and then get into season two, which comes out early 2023. So some lighthearted, you know, just fun... Uh, you know, family-esque type show, but, you know, with a little edge because it's on Hulu and Hillary Duff is uh, a legend. All right. And my number nine, it's one we'll be talking about in, I don't know, a week. It's Last of Us. That is also on my list. The And the reason it's only at number nine is because I am not, like, the... Like I, I never played the video game. I have friends, I have friends who are like, this is like, I, I am, I've been dreaming of this and all that. But there's so much stuff in here where it's like, this surely can't fail, because you have a great cast. It's being done by HBO, which HBO is like the highest standard of TV that exists, and there's no way they would corrupt that brand. And the showrunner is the guy who was the showrunner for Chernobyl, mm-hmm. which you're doing with two with a similar apocalyptic type of show, and so it, it's it's just a really really exciting show. And my friend brought up a, an interesting point because Neil uh, Neil Neil Druckmann. Neil Druckmann, who I think was behind the game, was also involved in in Uncharted. And the difference there is Uncharted was fully done by Sony and didn't have HBO involved. So The Last of Us has a chance to be absolutely exceptional. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Plus, everybody knows we love the Riz God, Pedro. Daddy Pedro. Daddy Pedro. Um... Yeah, The Last of Us is also on my list, so I won't uh, repeat there. But same thing, I've never played the video game, but a ton of people, including Dylan, are like over the moon about this. So sign me up. 
Uh, my number nine. I don't know if you knew this was happening, but it's part of my fun theory that I have running on this show of the Super Smash Brothers cinematic universe happening. Uh, Netflix has a live action Mega Man movie happening. I love Mega Man. I think Mega Man was a core part of my childhood that was very underrated because it did come out during the golden age of Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh! So it didn't really get like that type of hype. But Mega Man is fun. It's a fun franchise, and I'm excited to see what Netflix does with Mega Man. And they are also getting Metal Gear Solid, which is uh, Solid Snake, who is in the later Super Smash Brothers games. We got the Mario movie coming out. We already had the Detective Pikachu. It's start. It's all coming together. It's all coming up, Kyle. Uh, but I'm excited for the Mega Man Kyle. movie. <laughs> I, I think it has the the ability to be very good. These these this shows feel very quiet without having Dylan here. I can't. I, I, yeah. I, I can't lie. I can't lie. <laughs> if, 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 if it it feels very quiet in between the two of us talking. I don't know how I feel about it. Everybody in the comment section put hashtag Get Better Soon, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, all right. So my number eight is another Apple TV movie. It's called Argyle. I've heard of this. So. For those of you who don't know, it's directed by Matthew Vaughn. Who, for those of you who don't know, Matthew Vaughn, I have two, I have four words for you, two words, three, Kick-Ass and Kingsman. The right. man behind those two things. And this is a spy film that stars Henry Cavill, Sam Rockwell, Bry Bryce Dallas Howard, Brian Prince, and Catherine O'Hara, John Cena, Samuel Jackson, Dua Lipa, Ariana DeBose. Like it's it's a pretty good cast, and here's the premise, and I think you'll get a kick out of this one, Kyle. A world-class spy suffering from amnesia is tricked into believing he's a best-selling spy novelist. After his memories and lethal skills return, he goes down the path of revenge against the shadowy organization he used to work for, The Division. And, he, and guess who the main character is played by? Oh, lay it on me. Henry Cavill. <laughs> Hen 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 Henry Cavill was probably the weirdest Henry Cavill haircut that I feel like I'm, that I don't love on him. I just sent you an image, and I want you to look at this because it's so like I, it 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 makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, and and oh boy. yeah, and and so this is based on a currently unreleased novel. So oh my, yeah, it's it's it's, it's giving young John Travolta haircut. Yeah, but 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 it's like it it's like a flat top, but it's not a buzz cut. Right, and it's it's really strange. It's really strange. That is quite weird. It's very like not Henry Cavill at all. Yeah, but it's 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 a spy movie. It's gonna be some comedy, directed by Matthew Vaughn with a stack cast. I'm in. That's all I need to know. Thank you, Apple. So my number eight. Uh, I just stumbled upon this before we start recording. Uh, it's called White House Plumbers. HBO. 
give me all the Watergate goodness. <laughs> give me all of it. Like, All the President's Men is one of the best movies ever. Uh, if you haven't watched it, watch it. Uh, I think it's especially on HBO Max. Like, especially if you're like, you know, in the journalism creative space, like, go watch that movie. Good grief. Um, I, I saw Watergate and I said, okay, I'm in. Let's ride. Um, I think it's, and it's HBO. Like, I think it's going to be a super solid rendition of the Watergate story. And it has a good cast. Yes. So that's your number eight. My number seven's a pretty simple one. It's Ted Lasso season three. Show me Ted winning the Premier League and Roy Kent taking over as the coach and and and, and uh, Ted getting together with a sassy smurf. Just like give give me all the feels and just wrap it up after a good third season. Like I'm here for the wholesome sports vibes, you know. I can dig it. I can dig the Ted Lasso. Plus, we love Jason Sudeikis. He's a he's an icon. Um, my number seven. This is man. I could go one of two ways with number seven. Um. I think I'm going to I'm going to give it to It's supposed to happen in 2023. So if it doesn't happen, I apologize, but Agatha Coven of Chaos. Disney Plus, Katherine Hahn absolutely destroyed the role of Agatha Harkness in WandaVision in 2021. I can't wait for her to have her own show. You know, just spotlighting such an iconic Marvel character. Elizabeth Olsen is expected to make a return as the Scarlet Witch, as Wanda in this show. Eric Andre is cast in this show. It's a wild cast. Like, I I can't uh, wait. Aubrey Plaza? Aubrey Plaza is cast as the villain in this show, so Agatha's going to be like an anti-hero type of situation. I can't wait to just see what they do with Agatha Coven of Chaos and it's going to be wild and I hope they put out a sequel to the absolute banger that was Agatha all along. Very, very solid. One thing you'll notice about my list is I did go a little late on Disney. That being said, uh, there is one that I think you'll probably mention later. I not mentioned my honorable mentions because I knew you would talk about it. But uh, my number six is definitely a Netflix movie you will be interested in knowing your background in musicals. Maestro. It's a Bradley Cooper directed and Bradley Cooper starring Leonard Bernstein biopic. Signing the dotted line right now. Sign me up. So yeah, it is called... It is called my. It is called my maestro. It looks like it'll be going throughout Bernstein's entire life. It also, if I remember correctly, I'm double checking this right now. Uh, I believe Carrie Mulligan uh, plays uh, plays his wife, and M- M- Maya Hawke and Sarah Silverman are also in it. Oh, let's go. 
You said Maya Hawk, and I was, and then Sarah Silverman. Good night. And Let's go. And Bradley Cooper is going all in on this so much that once again, I'm sending you a image here. This image is Bradley Cooper. Let's see. Oh this, my! This he he's going for the Oscar, ladies and gentlemen. He's wow. going for the Oscar. That's that's even more drastic than the Robert Downey Jr. Oppenheimer photo, where he just shaved his head and was yeah. like, "Who is that?" That I if you didn't tell me that that was Bradley Cooper, I would have no clue who that was. Yeah, Bradley Cooper's going all in. Uh, it's a biopic about his life. From basically, it seems like career till death. It's starring him. He's he's directing, so, so he's doing the whole Star is Born thing again. It has a great cast. It also has Jeremy Strong in it too, who will come up later on my list in another project. But yeah, it's being distributed by Netflix. It'll be a massive awards contender. Kyle's gonna love it. Yep. I'm all in. That is my number six. My number six, uh, I believe, yes, it's HBO, HBO Max. Uh, it is a crime drama starring the love of my life, Elizabeth Olsen, oh, Kristen uh, Ritter. Is this the one with Jesse Plemons in it? And Jesse Plemons. Love and Death coming to HBO Max in 2023. Um, Elizabeth Olsen having having an affair with Jesse Plemons. Mm -hmm. That was not on my bingo card, but here we are. (laughs) Here we are. Paul Bettany, come get your lady. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I'm excited. Like, I'm very excited. Like, I love Elizabeth Olsen in the MCU. Like, she's fantastic. But I'm excited to see her kind of venture out now. And now that she's gaining, like, this, like, global popularity um, to get more roles outside of being Wanda and the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Like I think she's extremely talented. Um I think she's gonna crush in this show. And I mean, again, HBO with crime dramas over the years, like they tend to do them very, very well. And Jesse Plemons in any crime drama is an electric factory. Yeah. So my number five. My number five I hate putting it this low, but I feel like it's a statement about all the stuff I have above it. It's Loki season two. It's on my list as well. Like, the first season was, in my opinion, the best MCU thing ever done, period. Like, well, sorry, sorry, best best MCU show done, done, period. Like, it is so that It's it's definitely, like, like, I go back and forth between that and WandaVision, depending on the day you catch me, but I think in that elite tier, it's Loki, WandaVision, and Moon Knight. And and another great part about this is season two, we'll see the addition of as the TVA archivist Kehu Kwan, who's the dad from Everything Everywhere All at Once, who is so good. And now, thing, thing, thanks to that movie, He's got people looking at him again, and he's going to be on Loki, and he can play silly, he can play serious, it'll be fun, I can't wait. Yeah, Loki season two is on mine, we got like, in the new uh, Disney Plus 2023, like, commercial, we got like, three seconds of Loki season two (laughs) snippets, 
Um, which now everybody's speculating that a motorcycle in the background with the light on is uh, Wolverine. Um, because apparently Hugh Jackman did a an interview with Sirius or somewhere and said that these nifty little devices that the MCU has allows us to uh, take advantage of time. So everybody is saying, oh, that's the thing the TVA has. Are we sure it is Ghost Rider and they're going to drag Nick Cage out? Mm-hmm. Johnny Blaze! Um, so yeah, that's my yeah, number five. I can't wait for Loki. Loki's going to be great. Um, my number five is going to be another HBO project. It's animated. Velma coming to HBO. I'm excited simply because it is targeted to the adult audience, so that intrigues me a lot. Uh, Velma will officially be in the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, She will be lesbian in the show, and it's Scooby-Doo for adults from Velma's point of view. And I think a lot of people can agree Velma was an underutilized yet very, very witty and funny character in the original Scooby-Doo. Uh, runs no matter what it was and I'm just excited to give it a chance because it is like adult Scooby-Doo and I think Scooby-Doo is fucking awesome Um, so give me Velma at number 5 yeah see my 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 only thing with that is like I I think they did since what's new Scooby-Doo it's kind of all just like slowly gone downhill for me and it's like it's it's not that I'm not like interested in this. It just doesn't move the needle at all for me. So, Mindy Kaling will be the voice of Velma for everybody at home. Mindy Kaling doesn't move the needle for me. But so my number four. This is something I, I brought up to Kyle beforehand. It's a little show on Apple TV called Masters of the Air. It is this mini series based on the 8th Air Force of the U.S. Army during World War II. It is showrun by, well, it is the people involved in making the show are the people behind Band of Brothers. It stars Austin Butler, Barry Keown, Callum Turner, and I mean, it's the people behind Band of Brothers. It's on Apple. It's got a gigantic budget. It has Austin Butler, who's just on, who's going to have such an amazing 2023 between Masters of Air, Dune Part Two, just everything. More than and, likely getting cast in the MCU. <laughs> MCU and or DCU. Mm-hmm. We shall see. But it's just like, this show could be absolutely great. It's great people behind it. Its budget is 200 to 250 million. This should, this, this should slap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so number four, um, I am going to go with number four. Decisions, decisions. I could go one of two ways. Um, this is made for some great podcasting, you know. <laughs> the some power really of editing. Da, 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 da. Uh, number four for me is going to go to. I just had it here too. Where did it go? 
It's going to go to Michael Bay. Uh, where did it go? This is so annoying. Oh, here we go. This one kind of stood out to me just in terms of who is part of it, the premise. It's Netflix. It's called Dragon's Lair. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, an action fantasy movie from Vertigo Entertainment about Dirk the Daring, who sets out to rescue a princess from the evil dragon. It's Ryan Reynolds. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna tune in, uh, and to see him kind of in that space is interesting as well. Um, I'm sure he's gonna put the Ryan Reynolds flair on it, which is always fun. And uh, you know, again, it's my my hope for Netflix to dig themselves out of the hole that they've dug themselves into by ending password sharing. Staying with Netflix, my number three. It was one of my top ones last year. It's one of my top ones this year. It's The Killer. It's David Fincher's new film that stars Michael Fassbender. It's adapted from a graphic novel by uh, by Andrew Kevin Walker, the same guy who wrote the script for Seven. And it's about a hitman develops conscience. And, you know... We all love Fassbender. We love Fincher. It's his first film in ages. Well, it's it it's his first really Finchery film in ages because he made Mank like he made Mank like a, a year or two ago. But real realistically, this is him going back to his Fincher roots with Seven and Gone Girl and Zodiac and Fight Club and all these grimy-ish films. I'm just like, yeah, give me it. Give me it now. <laughs> I'm actually going to change my number four uh, mm -hmm. because it just popped in my brain that I, I had this on my list and I just forgot to write it down. Uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. It, the Kaleidoscope show on Netflix. Oh, which, Choose Your Own Adventure. It comes out I, New Year's Day. Yeah. Need it. I, I'm so... I, like, the fact that it took this long for, like, something like that to fully take place is wild um that show is gonna be awesome in my yeah. opinion so kaleidoscope's my actual number four what's your number three number three i'm going to give the nod to secret invasion mcu that's first the show one I left off. that's the one i left off the list first show of 2023 for marvel um i have been waiting for this for years we are going scroll hunting, ladies and gentlemen. Samuel L. Jackson, Colby Smulders, Ben Mendelsohn, Kingsley Benadire, Amelia Clark. I mean, the cast alone for this show is crazy. Martin Freeman as Everett Ross. The money which, that they're dishing out for this show is just crazy. Which... Speaking of Martin Freeman, uh, it'll be interesting to see the timeline map on this, considering what happened in Wakanda Forever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> you also have uh, Don Cheadle in this show, uh, which his show, Armor Wars, was supposed to be a direct follow-up show, will now be a direct follow-up movie, uh, which is exciting. Um, it's an adventure 
spy fiction thriller of finding who wasn't who they said they were since 2008. Yeah, I, Sign me up. I talked about this with you when we first saw the trailer. This looks just absolutely in my wheelhouse. It it looks and feels like a like classic 70s and 80s and 60s paranoia th- thriller film like the parallax view like seven days in may it's just the type of stuff that doesn't get made anymore and i'm just exceptionally happy that i'm getting something like this and uh kyle bradstreet is the writer he's a producer most known for uh mr robot back in 2015 um he also worked on copper in 2012 um and Berlin Station in 2016. So he's got some credits to his name, but I think this is obviously, you know, since Mr. Robot, this will be his next big uh, dive into, you know, his writing career. But Secret Invasion, Samuel L. Jackson on a TV show is going to be incredible. Uh, the 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 only thing I, that that makes me sl- slightly sad is he. He won't be able to drop his signature line because hashtag Disney Plus being PG. Yeah, I don't know what it, this show is even like going to be rated either. Because I know I know Disney and Marvel are putting out some uh, mature rated content in 2023 and 2024 as well. Yeah, um, but but I don't know what this show's rating is exactly if it like, even has one yet. Like. Like can like can can we just sneak at like PG thirteen just so we can sneak in like a one F bomb? <laughs> I think we'll have some F bombs coming up in Deadpool. Daredevil and uh, potentially Marvel Zombies because Marvel by, Zombies yeah. is rated M for mature. By the way, you saw that thing I sent you that that uh, Daredevil shooting for like a year. Yeah, it's insane. And I'm like. Pardon? How many episodes are you shooting? <laughs> well, the season is gonna be eighteen episodes. Oh, okay, okay, that's 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 a little more fair. Yeah, but but I'm also scared that Disney's making it an eighteen episode season because I don't know how much filler they're they're gonna throw in there. And as you and I have talked about a bunch, it's like Disney, let let less filler. More story, please. All right, guys. My hope is that the filler episodes are just a nice little four-episode arc where Charlie Cox meets back up with Peter Parker. Sure. Uh, All right. On to my number two. This was, again, similar to The Killer and seemingly high on my list last year. And it would have come out this past year if it wasn't for um, delays. It's Killers of the Flower Moon, which is the long-awaited new film by Martin Scorsese adapted from a nonfiction novel. And it, 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 it has a cast. Let me tell you this. Leo, De Niro, Jesse Clemens, Brendan Fraser, John, John Lethgal, Lily Gladstone, Jack White shows up in this. And it's coming out on Apple TV and they gave Scorsese $200 million to make it, and the premise is members of the Osage tribe in northwestern Oklahoma are murdered under mysterious circumstances in the 1920s, sparking a 
sparking a major FBI investigation directed by a 29-year-old J. Edgar Hoover and former Texas Ranger Tom White, played by Jesse Plemons, described at described by Grant as an old-style lawman. Yes. Yep. Yes. Two and a half hours, three hours, I don't know. Give me it now. Need it. <laughs> Uh, my number two, something that's coming up uh, in just a couple weeks that we will be talking about on this show. It is the follow-up season to the very first show we ever talked about on this show all the way back in April of 2020. It is Hunter season two, January 13th. I believe Dom will be coming back to reprise his role as guest analyst for Hunters uh, like he did for the first episode. Hunter season two, like I, ever since I watched the very last episode of Hunter season one, I was like, give me more, give me more. I need it. Like inject it into my veins like this. I felt like I'm bummed that, uh, this is the final season. They're only doing two seasons. Cause I felt like this was a, a thing that could have gone on for like five, six seasons potentially with the way, uh, they, they pulled things off. Hunter season one is phenomenal if you haven't watched it go watch it and then go listen to the very first episode of streamer season and then in a couple weeks come through when we break down season two because i am happy as all get out for this show to finally be here it's a show i will fully admit i have never watched but something i know i should watch it's right up your alley but up my alley is my number one a show i've been begging kyle to watch it is the greatest show on TV. It is something everyone should be watching because it's very telling of our times today in the world of massive media entities and powerful families. It is Succession Season 4. You have one of the best casts on TV with some of the best actors on TV, including Jeremy Strong, Brian Cox, Kieran Culkin, Nicholas Braun, Matthew McFadden, Alexander Skarsgård, and it's black comedy drama. It's funny as hell. It is grim at points, but it's grimly funny. And Kyle, if you watch this, I am telling you, Kieran and Culkin will be your favorite character within an episode because he's an absolute shit heel, and he's so fucking funny. So fucking funny. But season four comes out after the Titanic end to season three in this in the fall of last year, which left everyone begging. It, it, it was a Godfather-esque end to a Titanic season that started out slow and became a giant snowball. And Season four is looking to be either the next to last or the last season of the show, because the creators have said they it's it's only going to run for somewhere between four to six seasons. So I'm excited for this so so much because it is weekly appointment television, a la Game of the Throne, a la Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. But it's a much more serious show in ways. Yeah, it's on my it's on my list of uh, 
things to do is get into succession. Um, which leads me to my number one. One of my most anticipated. Stranger Things? <laughs> 2024. Uh, <laughs> but yes. Uh, no, my number one uh, is one of my favorite shows ever. Um, circling back to uh, an actor we talked about earlier in our list. It's finally coming. March 1st, 2023. Cue the Mandalorian Season 3. I have been, ever since Mando Season 2 ended, I've been like, come on, need Season 3. We got a little tease with the Book of Mando Fett uh, earlier this year, and Season 3 is going to be insane. Everything I've read about it, it's going to be like the most like absurd, blow your mind, blow your wig back type of season, and they simply have not missed with the Mandalorian, and it's such a fun area of the Star Wars universe that, like, I, I just absolutely love Mando. That is one of those things that is appointment viewing every time it drops on a Friday or whenever they decide to drop Star Wars projects this year. Um, Mando Season 3, and then, you know, that's kind of, like, got a, a little shadow behind it with uh, Ahsoka allegedly dropping in 2023 as well. They'll be intertwined because it's all part of the Mandoverse, but Mando Season 3, I can't wait. We're so close. I can almost taste it and uh, can't wait for more uh, Grogu as well. Shall we quickly run down our lists? Let's do it. So my 10 to 1. My 10 is a, is a time between Apple TV's Napoleon movie and Netflix's The Three Body Problem series. Number nine is The Last of Us. Number eight is Apple TV's movie Ar Argyle. Number seven is Apple TV's season three of Ted Lasso. Number six is Netflix's movie Maestro about Leonard Bernstein starring Bradley Cooper. Number five is Lucky season two. Number four is the upcoming TV series by, well, limited series by Apple, Masters of the Air. Number three is David Fincher's The Killer. Number two is Killers of the Flower Moon. Number one is Succession Season 4. Uh, I have How I Met Your Father, the Mega, which is a Hulu Mega Man live action movie on Netflix. Number eight I gave to, I believe, White House Plumbers on HBO Max, the Watergate uh, miniseries that's coming out there. Number seven, Disney Plus, Agatha Coven of Chaos. Number six went to... I forget what I gave to number six. <laughs> in, right on. Insert title here in the post. Beep. Bang. Uh, I'll give it to Loki season two as well because I had... Oh, no. Number six was Love and Death. I'm sorry. Uh, Love and Death with Elizabeth Olsen, HBO. Number five, Velma. Number four, Kaleidoscope, the movie coming to Netflix. Uh, number three is Secret Invasion. Number two is Hunter Season 2. And number one, The Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, and shall I quickly run down my most anticipated movies? Give us the movies, Christian. All right. A few quick honorable mentions. Bo is Afraid, the new Ari Aster film starring Joaquin Phoenix, which which was originally titled Disappointment Boulevard. 
and which Astor wanted to have the movie be four hours long as a horror movie. So that there's a movie called The Bike Riders, which is a film done by Mike, uh, done by Jeff Nichols about a motorcycle club that would star Jody Comer, Austin Butler, Tom Hardy, Michael Shannon, and Boyd Holbrook and Mike Weiss and Norman Reedus. Again, there. And then Poor Things, which is the new Yorgos Lanthimos film. But my top 10 is as follows. Number 10, Michael Mann's return to the big screen with his film Ferrari. Which is a movie about Enzo Ferrari, the founder of Ferrari. And it stars Adam Driver as Enzo Ferrari. And <laughs> Driver Ferrari. Yeah. And other people in the cast include Penelope Cruz as his wife and Shailene Woodley. Number nine is the aforementioned Maestro. Number eight is Barbie, <laughs> which uh, Kyle, do you do you want to quickly run down that cast for a second? Yes, I can pull that up right now. Well, I, people. Well, I got it right right in front of me, so. People who are playing different versions, so first of all, let's make this clear. Margot Robbie plays Barbie. Ryan Gosling plays Ken. Will Ferrell plays the CEO of Mattel, the people who make the Barbie toys. Okay? Other people in this movie include America Ferreira, Kate, Kate McKinnon, Emma Mackey, Michael, Sa- Michael Sarah, Rhea Perlman, Emma, fin- Emma Fennell, and, and along with that, Simu Liu, Kingsley Benadere, Ihi Saray, the guy who's pl- the guy who's playing Doctor Who next, all play different versions of Barbie and Ken. Like what? <laughs> and 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 plus the little bits we got at the end of the teaser, I'm like, I have no clue what's going on here. <laughs> so that'll be interesting. Uh, number seven is a little movie that I think you'll really want to see called Challengers. So it's directed by Luca Guadagnino, who's the same guy who did Call Me By Your Name, uh, Bone, Bones and All, and the Suspiria movie on Amazon. And so it's this. This is the premise: the wife of a tennis, uh, the wife and coach of a famed tennis player in the middle of a losing streak, signs him up for a challenger event, where they, where they will, where they discover he will compete against. His wife's former lover. The tennis players are are, are played by Josh. Uh, well, the the former lover is played by Josh O'Connor, who uh, played uh, Prince Charles in one of the seasons of The Crown. The uh, the the married tennis player is played by Mike Feist of West Side Story fame, and the wife is Zendaya. So we have a Zendaya tennis love triangle film. Sign me up. Am I signing you up, Kyle? Yeah, I'm in. Number six is The Killer. Number five is Killers of the Flower Moon. Number four is Oppenheimer, which, again, a film with a stupid cast. It's like deep beyond belief. Like, is Josh Peck? Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Number three... See, the, the top three for me is the hardest because all these have a case for, for number one. Number three, Across the Spider-Verse. Number two, 
in a in a shocking turn of events where it's not my number one Dune part two but my number one's a movie I've been waiting for for five years Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning part one give me more batshit Tom Cruise doing dumb stunts and just with a lone valve score pounding in the background yes please thank you next and that is my top 10 most anticipated movies what's next there it is uh so leave your anticipated projects anticipated movies in the comment section on youtube uh and before we keep it pushing our 2022 recap is brought to you by our friends over at tomahawk shades the best small batch eyewear in the game guys let me tell you these blue light glasses that tomahawk shades has have saved my eyeballs more times than you can count they're the best in the game uh they got sunglasses blue light glasses the snow and ski goggles back in stock go get them and for all you survivor fans out there i'm sure you're watching on paramount plus they just partnered with tyson apostle one of the greatest survivor players of all time go get your tomahawk shades and you guys can get 25 percent off your order at tomahawkshades.com with code usp that's code usp for 25 percent off at tomahawkshades.com oh and by the way it's owned by all former athletes Kyle Harrison of professional lacrosse fame, Chris Hogan, ever heard of him, Super Bowl champion, pro lacrosse fame, uh, Daniel Descalzo, ever heard of him, MLB fans, and John Jay, MLB fans, you know. So go to TomahawkShades.com, stay styling and profiling going into 2023, and use code USP for 25% off your order. 2022 recap, we're going to crown... The first ever, uh, you know, streaming project or projects of the year from all 19 projects that we reviewed this year, shows and movies. Uh, we're going to kind of crown like 2022, the year of this actor and this actress. And I'm sure Christian will also give us his top movie of 2022 uh, as the movie buff of this program that he is. If we insist. Uh, but... We, we, reviewed a, we reviewed a lot of shows and movies in 2022. I'm going to run down the list for the people just to remind them of everything we watched this year. It all started in a galaxy far, far away with the Book of Boba Fett, Peacemaker Season 1. Uh, then we, we kicked it old school for a bit because, you know, end of 2021, uh, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home came out, and I had never watched Daredevil, so... Daredevil was on our uh, watch list there, so I watched all three seasons of Daredevil for the show, and we reviewed them as a whole. Then Moon Knight came into the fold, which was absolutely phenomenal by Oscar Isaac. Uh, then we got Obi-Wan Kenobi. We got Stranger Things Season 4 that rocked the entire world. Shout out Eddie Munson. Uh, then we got Miss Marvel. Then we did The Gray Man. I Am Groot, the mini, uh, you know, shorts on Disney+, Plus. She-Hulk Attorney at Law, Werewolf by Night, the first ever holiday special by Marvel, then your boy did the thing, he watched a Game of Thrones universe show, House of the Dragon season one, then we dove into some movies, back to back to back to back to back, Don't Worry Darling, Barbarian, Andor season one, The Card Counter, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, Bullet Train, 
And then we wrapped up this year with project number 19 just a couple weeks ago when we watched Spirited. A lot of fun across the board uh, in 2022. But Christian, it is time to give the crown to the top streaming project. And this, this year, 2022, will be streaming projects that we watched in 2022. Finishing the year with the best you know, cumulative score between either myself and Dylan or all three of us. Drum roll, everybody. It is a tie at a 9.5 out of 10. Peacemaker Season 1 and Stranger Things Season 4 get the 9.5 out of 10. I mean, they were both just incredible watches across the board enjoyed every second of both of those shows congratulations to john cena and millie bobby brown so just a heads up i uh i am i am yet to watch stranger things but my personal choice is andor yeah andor came in third i hope just shy of the nines but we also did not get your score uh at the end um, so we can put that in there and we reserve the right to change every single score. That is part of the podcast, uh, rules. Um, Andor came in with an 8.7 out of 10 overall. I did give it an 8.9. Dylan gave it an 8.4. Um, the nines category this year were Peacemaker, Daredevil, Moon Knight, Stranger Things Season 4, House of the Dragon Season 1, and that was it for the nines. And then the eights were Obi-Wan Kenobi, which I still don't think we talk about that Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader fight nearly enough that we should. Uh, I have the high ground, Kyle. It was so good. Uh, She-Hulk Attorney at Law came in at a flat eight out of ten. Uh, Andor season one without Christian score 8.7. It could get into the nines though. Uh, and those were the eights. And then the sevens were Book of Boba Fett, Miss Marvel, I Am Groot, but that is on the shorts and animated scale. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Werewolf by Night also came in at the eights at 8.6. Um, and then the card counter got a 7.2 out of 10. And the Guardians Holiday Special got a 7.6 out of 10. Next category. The year that was 2022 brought a lot of new faces, I think, into the fold in both TV and movies. And a lot of people really, you know, got that that starlight that they deserved. Christian, for the the male side of things in 2022, actor-wise... Who do you think stole the show in 2022? Because I think there's a lot of people that really shined. Um, but when we look back and, you know, various years, it was the year of this person, the year of that person. Who do you think 2022 will be remembered for? So there, so there's, there's both very loud, very loud op- options on the, men, on the men's side and then some very subtle ones. So, for example... It was the year of Tom Cruise. It, it was the year of him coming back. It was him proving him right of Top Gun is coming to movies and you're not doing anything about it. 
it's the year of James Cameron proving that yes, everyone you you can say Avatar has no cultural impact and it'll still make one hundred million dollars a a day for two weeks. You know, you you can't stop him. It was a year for returns of people like Brendan Fraser. It's a year for new arrivals like Austin Butler. But there's some smaller names I want to. Oh, returns also. Uh, returns also with K. Uh, I would say trying to pronounce the same. K. Ki uh, Kwan beat that from everything ever all at once. Who famously was short round in that Indiana Jones film and was Data in The Goonies. But some under the radar and not so under the radar people with great years. Miles My, Teller, who was in Top Gun Maverick. That's a good one. Who was also in Spiderhead, which we can say what we want about that film, but he was in Spiderhead. And The Offer. So he had a sneaky good year outside of Top Gun. Um, can I interest you in John Turturro, who Carmine Falcone in The Batman. Uh was in Guillermo del Toro's stop-motion Pinocchio film, which came out recently, and was one of the stars of Severance, a great Apple TV show. There is John Bernthal, who was in We Own the City, basically the star of that series, series. He showed up in The Bear for a little bit, and most recently in The American Gigolo Show. Paul Dano, once again, the this was a big year for people in the Batman. Mm-hmm. He was he was the Riddler in the Batman, and he was also Steven Spielberg's dad in the Fablemans. Um, Brian Brian Tyree Hen- Henry as the best part of Bullet Train. Uh, he was in a Apple TV movie called Call- Causeway, which stars Jen- Jennifer Lawrence. And he had the final season of Atlanta. And last but not least, the, the man with the maybe quietest but most loudest noisier outside of Tom Cruise, it was Colin Farrell. It's a good one, too. He, he was in The Batman as the Penguin. He was in a very well-received indie movie called After Yang which is a sci-fi-ish film, but it's more softer sci-fi in the style of a film like Ex Machina. And then in a film that could win him an Oscar, The Banshees of Inishirin, which is now streaming on HBO Max. And yeah, those are the guys who kind of won the year in my book. I'm going to I'm gonna do a, a write-in submission. Even though he was only in two projects, there were two very divisive, loud, and talked about things. One for how good the project was, and one for how much it got memed. Matt Smith. I thought, one, carried the Morbius movie as Milo in early 2022. I thought his performance was the best of anybody in that movie. And then his portrayal of Damon Targaryen in House of the Dragon. I have never enjoyed a shitbag villain more than I did Damon Targaryen 
throughout the entire 10 episodes of House of the Dragon. He was a bona fide rock star in that show. You hated that you loved him, but man, he did some stuff that was so fucked, but you just loved when he did it because it was his character. He embodied like that character so well. Um, and I think like, you know, obviously he's been in, in Doctor Who and, and stuff like that. And, uh, last night in Soho and he's been in a ton of stuff in previous years. He plays Sinister really well. And lest you forget it, he was Doctor Who. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I, I think Matt Smith 2022, like, even though it was limited, really stuck out in my mind, um, for sure. And I think, you know, the crown coming back in, in 2023 early is, is going to be big. Um, These did, did, did the crown already drop their new season? They might have. Um, I think they did. He was in 2016 and 2017, but like he's been in that as well. So I think Matt Smith could just be, you know, bursting through the surface from like, you know, that really, really good talked about actor to like, he could burst to stardom. I think 2022, like, even though it was a limited year for him, was, was very, very solid. Um, there's a lot of of actors though from 2020, and I I mean I don't even, I don't know if you brought him up or not, but I mean Rob Pattinson, welcome back. Yes, but he was kind of only a one project. Guy yeah, for me. I think uh, I think that helped shed the uh, Twilight, Twilight stigma a little bit though, so that was good for him, and I thought he was fantastic as Batman, and I would love to see good old Bob Pattinson and some more stuff uh, moving forward as well. Uh, just a quick heads up for you. Uh, Dak has thrown two picks, but the Cowboys lead 10-6. <laughs> Fair. And we're, we we can bring that up because it's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> it works. It works. Uh, in terms of the female side of things, it's been a year for career performances and also performances by women of minorities. You had Viola Davis in The Woman King, Daniel Deadweiler in Till, most notably Michelle Yeoh and Everything Everywhere all at once, finally showing Western audiences who refused to watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or all of her great Kung Fu and Hong Kong action films that, yes, she is a star. And and she's not just the mom from Crazy Rich Asians. A few people who I want to note, even though both of her movies did, didn't do well, Margot Robbie with Amsterdam and Babylon, she's amazing in Babylon, Am, Am, Amsterdam, sure whatever paint it on you taylor joy amsterdam northman the menu uh aubrey plaza with emily the criminal and and the white lotus two very strong ones there but if we're being honest there's there's only one person who has won this year it's jenna ortega scream 5x and the phenomenon that has become Wednesday, 
Like it's it is the only answer to which female actress won the year. Yeah, uh, I I think Jen Ortega is definitely on my list. Um, I think you. Hmm. Even though we both weren't fans, she was in the news a ton. But her performance was the best of the entire project. Florence Pugh, once again, in Don't Worry, Darling. And and yes, she did technically have a have a Netflix film. But uh, if I pull up what Florence Pugh has upcoming, Twenty Twenty Three is going to be massive. Yeah, yeah, she she is she is a good person. Oppenheimer and Dune Part Two, and even though she technically is like supporting in all those. Good job. Congrats. You know? Yeah. Perfect. Love to see it. Uh, I think 2022 was also, in terms of, like, comeback, and, like, I was very happy to see them on a big screen and want to see them more moving forward after uh, she has her baby. Kiki Palmer was phenomenal in Nope. Um, a, a movie we will talk about one day. Yes, 100%. Loved it. It's one of my favorite movies of 2022. Um, I I want to see her more. She's fantastic and like part of that nostalgic childhood for me as well. Um, so shout out Kiki Palmer. Um, so that's the actor and actress wins. Um, and I mean Angela Bassett as well in in Wakanda Forever was sensational. She she was great. That she, it's it, it's trending towards her being Oscar nom nominated at this point. Like she was just the emotion and sincerity in her portrayal of Queen Ramonda in Wakanda Forever was just Chef's Kiss dot gif. Uh, and you know, I, I was brought to damn near tears watching her. Uh, just absolutely be a rock star so uh shout out to the queen herself um am i remembering wrong here i might be mixing people up oh yeah let's not forget viola davis part of peacemaker um yeah i mean i think 2022 like was like you said kind of like that newcomer year but also like that rejuvenation year for a lot of people who like we love but hadn't seen in a long time and i think that's also kind of going to be like the story of 2022 is like the phoenix rising from the ashes we we shall see but it should be exciting very excited for that um Christian, what was your what was your top film of 2022? So for me, it was everything, everywhere, all at once. It was just it's it it's a movie that's impossible to describe, but it's so many things. It's 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 absolutely hilarious and full of gags. It's heartfelt and so serious. And it's kind of very introspective and makes you think it's like it is quite literally everything everywhere all at once. But in terms of my top 10 films of the year, number 10, Armageddon Time, 9, The Menu, 8, The Batman, 7, Nope, 6, Decision to Leave, 
5 Babylon or uh, a movie which I can maybe send you a slightly uh, illegal link to cough cough uh, after some 3 The Fablemans 2 Top Gun Maverick 1 Everything Everywhere All At Once there it is Christian's top 10 movies of 2022 follow him on Letterboxd follow us on Letterboxd um, because we'll be way more active on there since we'll be starting the year on there um but i think with that being said it is time to get to everybody's favorite segment it is the streaming platform multiverse news and notes this week it's brought to you by Dylan's favorite beverage of choice, Kenwood beer. Everybody's favorite beer in the Philadelphia area. If you're going to uh, the Wells Fargo Center, you can grab Big Kenny's now at the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, do that. You can grab uh, the new revamped Kenny packaging and, and Kenwood at your favorite liquor store in the Philadelphia area. Or you can use the Kenny tracker at KenwoodBeer.com and see who's got fresh Kenny's on tap in the Philadelphia area. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. Christian Babylon bombed at the box office. $3.5 million domestically. Uh, it cost $80 million to make. Any surprises that it bombed? Yes and no. Because this film was inherently a film that it's very much a film they just don't make anymore. It's a, and it's also like a very much not a mainstream ish. Well, it, it it both isn't isn't mainstream. Like, it it has some of the biggest stars in Hollywood: Margot Robbie, Brad Brad Pitt. It's done by Damien Chazelle, a Best Director winner at 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 the Oscars. The issue is, it's about old Hollywood, which people don't care that much about, even though it is truly great and the film is like wolf of wall street meets singing in the rain meets bogey nights and they all do coke and somehow create a baby out of the three of them like like it is very much a movie about debauchery excess but it's also about figuring out what it means to be a fruitful live a fruitful life how we measure it living on past ourselves and all these really resounding themes it's just the marketing which if you just watch the trailer it's it's just like shit is back shit we aren't telling you anything else it's just shit is back shit and when you watch the movie it's something very different it's something i am encouraging people to go see if they can which sure it's three hours but it's but it's like dark and funny like it's as the best way to say it, it's like Wolf of Wall Street, except instead of being clean, neat, board, board, boardroom, we're talking the opening scene of the movie is like an, an hour 15 Hollywood or a 1920s Hollywood orgy party. Yeah, it's, it is. You know what I is, say to that? Fuck yes. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and 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 it involves an elephant and a quite literal drug room 
full of coke and stuff. Like it, it is, it is up, it is up a wall, but it's sincere and profound. And people today are just like three hours. That's too long, which I will fully admit the third act kind of goes a little sideways in terms of like pacing, but it's still so good. A movie people should see because Damien Chazelle's one of the best filmmakers today in terms of actively making films, because it's the guy who made Whiplash, La La Land, First Man, I mean, now makes Babylon, and yeah. This movie won't break even. It's not, it's, we never thought it would break even. It's, it's, it's a movie that quite literally shouldn't have been made. But because Damien Chazelle is a Best Director winner, he's young, and everyone loves him, it got made, and we're all happy it got made, so... Suck it. Uh, Suck it. <laughs> uh, I do this to Dylan all the time, but I think I can make you feel a little old here, Christian. Uh, on Christmas Day, 10 years ago, Django Unchained released. See, that that doesn't make me feel old because I'm uh, because I'm only 23. <laughs> but but fair. But 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 like the kind of things that make me feel old more so is it's like, hey, like if you look at the music charts and you go back to 2012, it's like Super Bass came out of this year. It's like, it's that old? <laughs> it's that old? Yes. Yeah, like, 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 hold on, let's 2012 Billboard Top, Billboard Top 100. Let's look. Let's let's quickly go through this list because it will hurt your head somewhat. Uh, number one that you were somebody that I used to know. Yeah, and for everybody at home, 2012 is the year I graduated high school. So I didn't know that. Number two is We Are Young by Fun. Yes. Number three is Payphone by Number Five. Mm-hmm. Number four is Call Me Maybe. Mm-hmm. Number five is Number Five is Wild Ones. That's yep. what I read it. Number six is "Glad You Came" by the by the wanted. This one just feels wrong. Starships by Nicki Minaj. Eight, uh, eight is "Boyfriend" by Justin Bieber. Ten is "Strong" by Kelly Clarkson, and number nine, oh, you know, a a uh, a little song by a British group called One Direction. What makes you beautiful? Oh, <laughs> see, see, see. Music makes you feel much older. It also mm-hmm. makes you lose control. Shout out Missy Elliott. <laughs> yeah, but it's like m- m- movies don't affect me yet. Give me another 10, 15 years and it would, but like looking at music and it's like, huh? This that- also makes me feel old because I was thinking about obviously the new year on the horizon. We are heading into the year 2023, which was the blip year in Avengers Infinity War. Good year. Ooh, speaking speak, speak of 2023, guess what the number one song of 2023 was? We have that already? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Of, uh, of 2013. Oh, 2013. Uh, oh, man. I can't even imagine. Blurred Lines. And the rest of the top ten, Get, get, get Lucky, Radioactive, Cruise by Florida Georgia Line, We Can't Stop by Miley Cyrus, Can't Hold Us by Macklemore, 
Mirrors by Justin Timberlake, Treasure by Bruno Mars, Come, Come and Get It by Selena Gomez, and Just Give Me a Reason by Pink. Yeah, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> we just brought this up. The Wolf of Wall Street released uh, nine years ago on Christmas Day. Um, Hugh Jackman says Wolverine and Deadpool will, quote, hate each other in Deadpool 3. Perfect. I'm probably Love go- it. <laughs> I'm probably going to punch him in the head a lot. Perfect. Love it. Um, let's see here. Happy th- earlier this week. Happy 36th birthday to the King of the North, Kit Harrington. Um, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever crossed 800 million dollars at the worldwide box office. And Avatar did that in like eight days. <laughs> uh, we brought up The Last of Us being on our most anticipated projects of 2023. The premiere is 85 minutes long. Love it. Nice. Um, we did get our first clip from Kaleidoscope, uh, which comes out New Year's Day. Uh, Hugh Jackman says Deadpool 3 takes place before Logan. So for everybody wondering, obviously that was going to happen because Logan was 2029. Here's here's the thing I both like and hate about that. It gives us the answer to that question, but also it just really has me hating that that, uh, Disney bought Fox (laughs) because it's like... uh, now we're dealing with all this like retcon. This is back there and here. I'm just like, but but why? I my personal thought is that they're gonna pull from that fun scene in uh, Deadpool when he says, "And your old pal Wade comes calling." Just say yes. I think it's gonna be that Wolverine, similar to like how when Loki got pulled in the Loki show, like it's 2012 Loki that we're following uh-huh. along with. I think we're gonna be following along with like 80s Wolverine. Uh, getting pulled in through the timeline by all, Deadpool. All, all, all I'm asking is, at some point, Ryan Reynolds, please let them hit the old X Men theme from the animated show. Yes. At some point, please, I'm begging you. Which, again, that is also on my list for 2023, because uh, X Men '97 coming back in the fall. Uh, but James Mangold was actually really cool about uh, everything with Logan. Uh, Hugh Jackman said it wasn't going to screw it up like claws coming out of the grave. So he was relieved by that and he totally got it that uh, it was a really good idea. Fun little uh, hot take here. Ryan Johnson says Dave Batista is the greatest wrestler turned actor ever. Yes. Somebody it's... like Paul Thomas Anderson is going to give him a real part and is going to look like a genius. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. Everyone's trying to go. Oh my God! The Rock, The Rock, The Rock. No, no. The the the. Here's the difference with The Rock. The Rock only cares about his brand as The Rock. Mm-hmm. If like, if you look at what, and and if you look at The Rock's movies, it's always him having to save the him having to save the day. He's the one with the messiah complex and all this stuff. And he also doesn't care about making good movies. It's like caring about making money mm-hmm. more than anything. Whereas if you look at Batista, he's got stuff all across the spectrum. He obviously has Drax, right? He uh, he has a great one scene 
in Blade Runner 2049 by the great directed by the great Dan Evelyn, which is amazing, which has which is an amazing bit of dramatic acting. He's a physical presence in in Inspector. He's gonna have he was in Dune and he'll have more to do in Dune Part Two. He he was he was hilarious in in Glass Onion. And then on top of that, next year we get to see him the first weekend of February in in Not to the Cabin, a new M. Night Shyamalan film. Where spoiler, I I got to see the first ever test screening of it because they were doing a test screening at at the Cherry Hill AM AMC. Spoiler, he's really good in it. He's pretty damn good in it. So and then we get his magnum opus as Drax in May. So it's like he's he's taken more risks, mm-hmm. ha, ha, has gone with more like actual artists to try things, and he's gotten rewarded for it. Whereas Dwayne's like, I'm making Skyscraper, I'm making Jungle Cruise, I'm making Jumanji. It's like, okay, and like Hot Take, his best film is Moana because he's not the focus of Moana. And he's good in Moana. He shocker. He can sing. Um, I don't know why I thought Batista was in uh, the Expendables for some reason. He Feels like did. a role he should have been in. He does. <laughs> uh, more Ryan Johnson. Uh, he's quote pissed off that a Knives Out mystery is in the Glass Onion title. Quote. I want everyone who liked the first movie to know this is the next in the series, dot, dot, dot. But the whole appeal to me is it's a new novel off the shelf via the Atlantic. And I agree with him. He said there's a gravity of a thousand suns towards serialized storytelling. Um, More of The Last of Us from SFX Magazine. Uh, It will be less violent than the video game. They kept all the, quote, essential violence. Uh, that allowed the violence to have even more impact than in the game. When we do reveal the infected and the clickers, you get to see what brought down humanity and why everyone is so scared. I think it'll be fine. Don't yeah. fret. Uh, earlier this week, happy 27th birthday to Timothy Chalamet. Woohoo! Uh, Christian, I'm super excited about this. They dropped it on our heads. Happy 100th birthday to the late, great, the GOAT, Stan Lee. We are getting a Stanley documentary in 2023 on Disney Plus. I am so excited about this. Yep, looks amazing. Can't wait for it. Uh, happy 100 to Stanley. Um, I think that's all I have on my list. I don't got anything else. <laughs> um, so yeah, 2022 in the books. Coming up on the streamer season announcement anniversary, which was a Super Bowl commercial that led to the perfect timing for a TV and movie podcast to come out because just a month and a half later, the world ended. <laughs> uh, can't thank you guys enough for you know tuning in and you know interacting with the show throughout the year and sending us your recommendations for shows and movies and uh, you know getting in the fold and in the mix with the discussions we have for everything we talk about on here. And uh, this is, you know, it's one of the fun 
It's the most unique project we have uh, at Underground Sports because it's the lone non-sports podcast. Um, so, you know, we're diving into the entertainment world. Our friend, uh, Pat Pitts, his brother, allegedly in 2023, has a movie coming out where he's the head writer. Very excited about that. Um, so he could be a guest on this show in 2023. That is something where, you know, 2023... We're, we're going to try to take the streamer season brand to a new level. Uh, we're planning on going to Comic-Con in New York this summer to just hang out with the people. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, you know, and we're going to try to get more guests on, try to get, you know, some fun people in the mix as well. Uh, Mike Horowitz has an HBO Max project coming out. Friend of the program, obviously was one of the executive producers on the Turner and Hooch show. Worked on Prison Run. Um, so probably get him back on soon as well. But Christian, your thoughts on the year that was 2022? It was a good bounce back from COVID and 2022 is going to be even better, baby. Can't wait. Make sure you guys are following us at streamer SZN on Twitter, Instagram, uh, follow Christian on Twitter at the Wiz underscore PHI. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. Leave those recommendations and reviews uh, in your reviews on Apple Podcasts. It really means a lot and goes a long way for helping the show continue to grow. And subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of every single podcast on our network. Smash that like button. Ring the bell icon. Comment 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 your most anticipated projects your recap of 2022 projects we should be watching in 2023 uh and be a friend tell a friend to subscribe to the channel we're at 334 subscribers we need to get to a thousand but we're at 334 right now and you already know what happens when we get to a thousand dylan's cosplaying as a uh tv or movie character from a show or movie we watch and i'll be watching season one of game of thrones so subscribe we gave you some incentive uh, be a friend, tell a friend, share the channel with your people, and uh, make sure you get your merch, phiapparel.co use code underground for 10% off anytime and of course, through the end of the year get your streamer season merch for super, super cheap use code 2022 for 25% off your order at phiapparel.co this has been the final episode of 2022 of streamer season the exclusive streaming platform tv and movie podcast on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network for christian for dylan i'm kb thank you guys for an electric year we'll see you in 2023